it's Dungeon Master Mike, and we just wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to all our patrons on Patreon who support us here at Legend Lore and at SNWP. We couldn't do this thing without you, and we love bringing you top quality podcasts and the best downloadable content we can for your tabletop needs. So thank you to our Dragon Tier supporters, which is the highest level of support you can give us here at SNWP. Thank you, David H., Steve S., Doug K., Kirsten C., and F. Sutton. We could not do this without you. I'm going to hit record first. That's a good idea. You're a good DJ. Thanks. Don't make up words to that song. Uh, no, I actually haven't. I probably in should. In my head, have. I'm like, play D and D, play D. Anyway, it doesn't matter. At the end, you're like D and D, like it's gonna, like it's yeah. like uh, Master of the Universe. No, it's like how it ends. D and D, we're dynamite. Oh D&D. yeah, D and D, and I win that fight. Oh funny. yeah, see, this is why we should collaborate <laughs> on this stuff. What the fuck is going on? Well, <laughs> welcome to Legend Lore, brought to you by Strange New Worlds Productions, and we are here. We are at the ultimate episode of the first season of, of our podcast, and I'm feeling pretty good about things so far. How Can you, you believe all the podcasts we made? 25 now. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of podcasting. That is a lot of podcasting. Yeah. So Pot- potting is what the kids on the street call it. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Potting, potting, potting. <laughs> we're, we're potting our, our lives away here. I, I'm thinking you may be disconnected from the kids on the street. Yeah. yeah trust me. I'm cool. <laughs> You're hip. You're hip. I'm hip to what these kids are saying. <laughs> You're cool because you do the d and I do the D&D. <laughs> So for uh, our final episode of this season, we have everybody at the table. It's been a little while. So to my left, we have Dungeon Emperor Popatine for one more week. (laughs) And what? I don't know. And he doesn't know. He's in no man's land. We'll see. Our listeners might be thinking you're like planning on dying or something. (laughs) I'm planning on dying. No, no. It's the end of our campaign. I can't be a Dungeon Emperor. Oh, because it's the end of the Star Wars campaign. You're going to change your your moniker here. Yes. Okay. I'll probably just be Dungeon Master at that point because, you know, I'll do Mm. Eberron. Unless I can think of something cool well it's up to you but as far as i'm concerned you're always dungeon emperor to me yeah and uh next to him this is cody all right and then joining us uh from his hiatus sovereign osborne Sovereign Osborne. making up titles (laughs) did you go to a faraway land and become a king is that that why you haven't been here (laughs) i I have been it has been many moons since i have been in this plane I just I don't know why my brain came up with this whole narrative on the spot just then that Keenan went to a seven eleven, got recruited, became the manager, and then that's why he's been missing podcasts, and then that's why he's now a sovereign is because he runs a seven eleven. The sovereign. <laughs> yeah. And all right. And who are you? Oh, I'm Dan Brockfist. For for now, I don't think I'm gonna survive after this podcast. Also known as John. By the way you guys are looking at me right now. All right. Anyway, so uh, we're here on the last episode, and as any of you who have been listening to the previous episodes know, we talk a lot about the people we play with, whether it's us DMing them or playing with them as players or, or both sometimes. So tonight we thought we'd do something kind of special for the very last episode, and we're going to have a couple of our players come on. We'd love to have them all, but we don't have time to do everybody. So we're going to have them come on, and it's going to be Ask ask Your DM Anything. So uh, our first caller we have tonight is the lovely Beth. Beth, you there? Yes, I am. Nice, nice. Well, welcome to the podcast. So you're actually Thanks. officially our, our official third guest. Wow. Yeah, Tommy was the first, so I'm sorry you didn't rank as high as he did. So you rank you rank <laughs> high in our book. That was a filler episode. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was our least downloaded episode. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Tommy would laugh at that joke. So, Beth, I have been playing with Beth for, I don't even want to 
actually try to figure out how long over 20 years at least uh, or, try right? three decades three decades <laughs> three decades beth and i have uh, i've either ran her as a dm or even has she's ran me as a dm and we've been players together in multiple campaigns uh, one of our closest friends and one of my closest friends my sister from another mister so beth go ahead and uh, fire off your first question and then and and, uh, and we'll get to that okay so i just wanted to throw this one out there have you guys ever created or given a magical item to a character and then wanted to take it back or destroy it <laughs> wow what i a guarantee good mike question. has done that mike has 100 percent done that multiple times yeah that is a great question or right, who wants to take the first stab at that oh i i mean i will i mean yes for sure um i'm trying to think what the item would have been specifically because i've I've had that feeling before. Um, you know what? <laughs> Recently, um, in our Lich War campaign, you might you might recall this, Beth. Um, y'all were in a very very tense fight in a dungeon, and Mike actually uh, his character Shavin <laughs> whipped out a staff uh, that uh, what was it? was this a, fr- a staff of frost? Or what was it? Staff of power. Oh, staff of power. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he was laying some pretty sick moves down with that. But the thing is, um, part of the challenge of that dungeon was if you burn spell slots, you didn't have the ability to rest to get them back. So he was able to circumvent that. And, uh, you know, that is, I had a little moment of like, I wish I hadn't given him that. Between my two stabs, by the time we got to that fight, I hadn't used a single spell slot. Okay. So that checks out. Yeah. I, I was, I was regretting that, but I'll, I'll say this though. Like I, you regret it a little bit. You're like, Oh man, if he hadn't had that, this would have been more challenging. But then again, it was also really freaking cool that you had the stabs and you were able to lay down some pretty cool moves with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I take the approach of, and I guess I'll be in the opposition. I have never, I have given items that I would regret, but I do that so that I can make the monsters even more powerful. Oh, I know yeah. Keenan does that too. He's just, here's this great magical item. Now the next boss you're going to fight is going to, you're going to hate him. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I will have to say as weird as this sounds, you know, I love giving you guys magic items. I love doing that. I, I am, I am a magic item whore. I will just give you guys stuff left and right all the time. Cause I just, I don't know. I love magic items. And the only time I can honestly say that I ever not regretted not but maybe at some point wanted to take away a magic item and it wasn't anything that i played with you guys with so it's none of the none of the artifacts that you guys played with including the chalice which was super powerful but i love that magic item and how it was connected to boost so much i would never want to take it away but beth the warp marble from the champions of saloon a simple item and we have talked about it because you guys circumnavigated so much crap with that, you know, loading Char- yeah, loading Charlie's character up and throwing him, and then having him pop out and surprise people and throwing him. Remind me, what does it do? So the warp marble, you can trap somebody in, right, with a command word that they get to save. If they fail to save, they get sucked into this marble, and they are then trapped there. They don't have to breathe. They don't have to eat. They don't have to drink water. They don't need anything. They're just trapped there until you try to put somebody else in the warp marble or until you release them. So obviously they would, you know they all knew the command word to release so they'd load somebody up usually charlie throw them over a wall throw them you know into a room do all this stuff and all of a sudden here's this half ogre just like popping teleporting just boop just tell, behind enemy lines or and a lot of times are sometimes they would trap people like in very important character you know bad guys would get trapped and i was like oh my god they trapped another one they trapped another one get a walk away and then yeah. interrogate him alone so you yeah. can't do anything yeah yeah so like completely just absolutely circumnavigating any kind of big fight i had planned or anything of that nature. <laughs> and it was a simple freaking item that they just, as players do, came up with creative ways to use. But, but okay, so the Chalice of Boost, though, which gave us Heroes Feast at like level three, you never five, regretted that? Five, well, yeah. well, number one, first of all, we were new to 5e. Yeah. And I didn't realize how powerful Heroes Feast was. It was so good. But once we got into the swing of things, I, it was just, I, I fell in love with the chalice as much as you guys did. It was so cool. It was so much fun, especially with just all the healing abilities that it had. And it just allowed me to get more crazy and more crazy and more crazy with, uh, with what was going on as far as, uh, you know, throwing bad guys up against yeah, you. Yeah. The challenges were uh, at level five when we had the chalice was, uh, the challenges were intense for sure. We were fighting things way above our weight class because we had exponential healing and then like buffing ability from yeah that. absolutely so 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 beth how did you feel about that that whole warp marble thing you what were your thoughts on oh, that I, I loved it yeah oh yeah we, i mean we, we came up with so many different things for it and i know we, we could actually i remember seeing you just go oh you know when we come up with something <laughs> Some, some other way to you. I swear you. You tried to do different things, and you, we were just like we we're 
manipulating different ways and you just went you, you could just see it just go oh dear god they're killing me but at the same time you loved it yeah, when yeah. we came up with stuff and that, no that's it you know that uh, that's one of the, my favorite things to do is when you guys come up with really creative solutions to problems i love that to death i mean i can't get enough of it actually to be quite honest with you i to elaborate on that too i really appreciate when i go oh that might work i didn't th- you don't think of that possibility like now you have to think about it on the fly you're like oh that is a solution i never even considered like, yeah that's a great feeling like they these smart these smart bastards around this table <laughs> that was smarter than me and i'm the dm well i think that's one of the things we kind of talked about a little bit too with uh in some of our previous podcasts is you know we all embrace that moment when you guys come up with something creative to do to get around a a problem no matter what it is whether it's a problem in combat whether it's a role-playing situation a puzzle whatever it is and i think that uh a lot of DMs, especially newer DMs, don't, under, don't understand the collective storytelling aspect, and they kind of take it a little bit as an affront. I've seen it before, where they get a little bit like, oh, 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 they beat me again. Well, it's my story. It's my story. I'm like, no, man, it's not your story. It's everybody's story, and and, and you should reward them. I mean, that's kind of one of the things I used to do. Not so much in 5e, because the, I mean, I give you guys role-playing experience a lot, but the way second edition was set up, I would also give a lot of extra creative stuff because everybody was rising in different levels mm-hmm. so you get your like kill counts and you'd get your thieving ability you get you know stuff you could experience for those things i also used to give experience for coming up with creative solutions to the individual character which is kind of cool but it's different I, I definitely like 5e system a little more with experience uh but but i do kind of miss rounded a little more rounded but i do kind of miss that a little bit yeah that's yeah. something that we've never dealt with of um not to go on a tangent here but we never dealt with uh giving single players more xp yeah like like your solution gives everyone a little bit more but we've never done like oh you just gain a thousand more and so you might actually hit a level higher yeah we dip we do a lot of milestones we don't really experience that but yeah. that'd be an interesting thing to do of like you know how we, good you play is how much you progress and we could do that i mean we could try that as an experiment uh, i'm not sure how it, it would be weird because uh, definitely sense is a little different in, in, in 5e where you are set up that everybody's experience going at the same level mm-hmm. yeah cody i just think of league of legends and how it, people leveling up individually is a bad mechanic i mean it could be as long i mean it depends on the group right it's so like that core gameplay mechanic of that is kind of shitty because it's about one uh, last hit right Mm -hmm. but if you made it so like wizards are so much more powerful continually especially as like they hit level like what five and stuff you could scale back like go back to the old system and take it so that they level up slightly slower so like maybe everyone's at five and for a session he's still at four i think it could be a fun way to experiment not necessarily what needs to be written as the rules but something you could try out Yeah, yeah absolutely i think that's true so so beth did you have anything else for us tonight Oh, I did. Um, and it's more regarding 5E, mm-hmm. uh, or definitely 5E. Um, why have they made it nearly impossible uh, to kill off a player? And am I the only one that thinks that it dramatically changes the role-playing and the narrative? Oh, that is a fantastic question. Oh, sorry, John. Hey, you know what? There you go, buddy. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I love the question. I think that it's something we've all experienced as players and as DMs. It does seem like you're kind of extra resilient. Um, I will say, though, I did just host an online D&D group that had a TPK and it kind of reminded me that like it is totally possible to TPK in 5e and um, it's just I don't know like there every time we've gotten close to it in other groups it there's been some other circumstance that's prevented it um, I don't know I, I, I think that it is I think it changes things for sure I think it's a very different game if death is almost like I mean you remember second edition Beth like it, it was pretty intense because <laughs> you knew you knew you could get killed in a single round and, and it changed how you interacted with everything mechanically speaking the action economy just doesn't let players die that easily uh even if you have a monster with legendary actions you've got four or five players against one big bad big bad's got movement standard action bonus action reaction so it, it's got like one of each of these things legendary actions are always just things like it can move half its speed or it can do uh, an attack or it can mm-hmm. shoot a cantrip that's the vast majority of legendary actions i think there's one monster with like a like a grip damage legendary action i think if you're if it's already holding you then it can like squeeze you and do some damage but for the most part you've got five standard actions against one standard action and then like some weak legendary actions right i, so, I, I agree i agree with that totally Cody. yeah action economy just doesn't let the players die i think i think we've said this too in the past beth is uh, on this podcast actually is 5e is the most player friendly yeah version of this game i've ever seen players are can you just with that action economy you have a lot of power especially the higher levels and it is hard to challenge especially in the big groups like we play in now typically when i make like my homebrew encounters like even when you guys encountered solace right his legendary legendary 
legendary actions I made up completely. Mm -hmm. There was nothing that was out of the book. It was just stuff. And what I was doing was trying to make things that were a little more difficult. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't think I succeeded as, as much as I thought I was going to. I went down. He yeah. scared the shit out of us. I know I scared you, but I was kind of hoping somebody would at least got swallowed up by the, uh, by the, the, oh, the, the, worm. the, the worm he summoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, you got to remember though, like when we're playing and then we're playing at that level, like both our characters and as players, we know like, Hmm, giant mouth, that thing could eat me. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to avoid that. Like both the season adventures and yeah, season players. players. Yeah, exactly. So certain things don't quite work, especially when you play with higher level people. Yeah. Okay. I, will, I will say this. There are moments when I know I could kill you guys. Like, I, but, but I, I guess I, maybe I hold back a little bit. I'm thinking Just, about that right now. <laughs> I could kill everybody. Like, like, well, because you fall in love with the characters and you're like, <laughs> a little oh, bit. I don't want to hurt these guys. That's because the story is more important than anything else. Yeah, because opinion. if you think about it, like if I'm a bandit and I'm fighting, I'm fighting the warrior. If I cut the warrior down, I'm going to make sure he's down. I'm going to, you know, slice his throat, hit his chest or whatever I need to do. But I don't think, I don't think enough of us do that. We don't think what the bandit would do and that we go, okay, That's he's fair. down. Yeah. Now let's go to the next guy. Yeah. yeah. Because if the bandit strikes one more time, that's two. That's a critical hit instantly. That's two death saving throws down. Yeah. If he fails another one, he's just dead. Yeah. yeah. That or focusing down the wizard or healer, like a smart big bad at the end of a game. Like the wizard's going to cast wish. He's he's going to hit him with whatever he has to just right. take him immediately yeah. out. Like that'd be the first person down, and then it's the fighter scrambling to make up the difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I think that we we usually you guys are really good about um, about kind of focusing on the big on the on the right thing to attack too. Yeah. Which I tried to play, you know, I don't play all my bad guys. I play the guys that are smart enough to know that, that they always yeah. focus on like, okay, yeah, he's going to focus on this cleric over here, or he's going to focus on this wizard over here. He's not going to worry about the dudes are fighting all my little minions, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Huh. Man, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we don't do that though. No, I feel we, like, I feel like sometimes we spread our attacks out kind of wide and really, no, I don't think, I don't you, guys, I think I, you guys do a pretty good job. Last couple attacks. of DK fights, man, we were on point. About you were taking super, that's on true. Point. That's super true. Super on point. We were so. like a yeah. military unit. But I think that's because of the danger of the campaign. It actually made us, uh, cause we've all had that can that, that fight where our heroes are kind of um, a little overconfident. Maybe they've had a lot of victories in the past few sessions. Yeah. And then we've all had that fight that kind of reminds us how mortal our characters actually can be. Yeah. So I don't think five E is super coming back to best question. I don't think it's super like, it's not impossible to die. Like I don't right. feel that way as a DM or a player, um, but there's probably enough grace there that if you make a silly mistake, like you might be able to bounce back from it, but yeah. I'm open to making it more challenging because I feel like death does need to be a threat threat for it to be more interesting well i think when we uh i think when we slide in some of our new stuff we, we might see some changes on that oh, I we haven't that. played pathfinder so i'm not really sure i can't i mean cody can speak to it i don't know how i don't know about the death thing in pathfinder since i'm totally inexperienced with it pathfinder school yeah but that's, that's, that's <laughs> i know in the new sci-fi game it's going to be a lot more challenging Ooh. It's going to be a lot for, more challenging. Just wait for Eberron. So, Beth, thank you so much. We appreciate I know you got a good runoff to go to a soccer game, so appreciate you calling in. Kick with some the balls, questions. Beth. And, and uh, we <laughs> yeah, kick some balls. <laughs> And, and Don't worry, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick you guys when I do it. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we'll see you tomorrow for the uh, one shot Tavaria thing. So, yeah. All right, Beth. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later. Hi friends, this is your favorite half-orc barbarian, Chud. Chud likes stories, and nobody does stories like the gang at Strange New Worlds. They're almost as good as my bard buddy, Sick Daddy. Hey, 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 his name is Sig Dad. Sig Dad. Shut up, Boblin. Anyways, you can go to their website. It's a website. Okay, so they'll know what it is? And download free adventure shops and other goodies. You can even give them some money, too. They got a free pet shop. You know Chud loves pets. You can even get my favorite adventure of all time, The Quest for Booze. That's the one where I met my best friends, Sario and Day Day. Hey, hey, hey. His name is Diego. Shut up, Bullen. He's my best friend. Hey, is that my echo fish in your pocket? Uh-oh, that's my cue to go. Oh, come here, you stinker. Everyone else, go to snwproductions.com today. Fabus! All right, so that was great having Beth on, guys. Uh, so we're going to bring in the next player that we play with. Who is it? It's Kurt. Kurt, welcome to Legend Lore. Kurt Adeus. Hello, lad. Sick day. How you doing? 
Good, man. Good. So Kurt is one of the original champions of Boost, which you've heard us talk about a lot on the podcast, as if we really like that campaign a lot. So true. Kurt, okay. True. It was true. It was okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. It's okay. So, Kurt, uh, what do you have for us today? So, so I've got a, I've got a couple of questions. Um, I'll say, I'll say the first one is actually targeted for all of you. Okay. Um, and and that is, uh, tell me a time or tell me about the first time that you had a major character, and I'm talking about a character who was one of your primary plot point in one of the adventures that you were running, and that character died. And how did you work that into the game? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Oh yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> His name was Numlock. Oh, nummy. And he was the goodest boy. He was like a dog incarnate. <laughs> now, Kurt, did you mean as, as a DM or as a player? As a DM. Oh, oh okay. never mind. <laughs> so I'll answer that. So there was this character Cody played called Numlock <laughs> in my campaign, Curse of Strahd. Uh, no, Rod. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Rod. Yeah, was we, Rod, we yeah. lost, um, was it, who was it that we Desmond. lost? Zeroth and yeah. Desmond. Yeah. You kill my characters a lot. I kill a lot of your characters, Cody. Um, Cody, no, he doesn't I, like you. <laughs> and I don't like you either. No, you, you take Numlock. You talk about Numlock because that was your boy, man. So tell uh, us who he was and what happened. Well, uh, we were on a ship and there, there was a, a I, I can't tell the names. So you got, you got to do it. Okay. So, 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 all right, so yeah. Cody chose to play this dwarf named Numlock and he was low intelligence, high, you know, he's a fighter, you know, he was, he was a scrappy dude. He was, a, he, he was a lab, but he was super nice. Like everyone loved him to death. He's great. Um, and then they had this moment on a pirate ship where a, um, a shark man, a shark captain named Sayojan, who was very vicious, very big bad um, captured all of them and said one of you has to die for the rest and uh, Numlock said I'll do it and immediately got his head chopped off yeah. and uh, I, I will say that I think it surprised you that, that, it, that it actually went down the way exactly it surprised all of us yeah <laughs> yeah it wasn't um, a fight it was like and so he swings his axe and your head flies from your shoulders. No, he bit his head off. Oh, he, he bit, bit his head off. Yeah. I, think, I think he, he charged him. Like, like you, he broke free and then charged him. Oh, is that what happened? And then, okay. got, then he got dead. But it was, it was a, <laughs> I'm going to lay my life down kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I will say the what to answer your question, Kurt, the way I handled it as DM is I was sad. Like, I love Numlock. Numlock actually was your character from my very first 5e session I held. Mm -hmm. And you brought him back for the rod campaign mm -hmm. and so i felt terrible because of i mean you know maybe if it had been keenan's character i wouldn't have felt so bad but it was, it was nummy you know fair enough <laughs> and uh but he ended up kind of coming back in a different form later he was he was a, a, a ghost that was stuck inside of uh venic uh keenan's necromancer's head yeah uh, which was hilarious. So you, you got to bring him back for that he but. got to live inside his best friend's mind for a while yeah, yeah. which i think keenan venic liked that right uh, he hated it <laughs> or did, did he hate that he loved it? So, so question kind of uh, along the lines of what what Kurt was was asking. So, so now knowing that we all tend to have backstories, and we all tend as DMs to bring those backstories as major plot points or as part of the story you know, at some point or another. Did you were were there things you had planned for Nummy that you ended up oh, having to oh, go? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to scrap this. What I'm going to do? Well, yeah. he had a great backstory about how he was uh, from Mithras, which was sort of the Dwarven kingdom, and his family was a bunch of merchants. But because of his low intelligence he was just not good with the numbers and the accounting and all this other stuff and so i was going to bring all the family drama because he's supposed to be the the one that like inherited the the, the merchant guild stuff mm -hmm. and all that was going to come back into the plot later and then it just kind of yeah it just kind of it didn't go anyway after I, that i also couldn't grow a, grow a beard oh, oh yeah that's right, that's right. That brought shame on the family you were a beardless yeah. dwarf yeah we rolled we rolled <laughs> stats for that first homebrew game and like your all of your numbers were abysmal but strength so like yeah charisma was like five Nothing. like you just had solo stats you like came up with all these reasons of why he why, was why like was so that terrible yeah. things it was like this is great well I, yeah yeah so for me as far as that goes i've only had i've maybe experienced it a couple times uh but it's always been with npcs it hasn't been necessarily characters that i can not that i can think of right now uh you know kurt you were there for one of the most famous ones uh playing at their our old game place uh when i brought out the big bad wizard who was kind of the ultimate an enemy that you guys were going to face off and going to have this long campaign and it was the first time you met them but it was second edition and this is before we did things like cinematic moment which is exactly why we do cinematic moment now so he came out to give his speech and brett just out of nowhere nowhere goes i throw two daggers at him and i'm like, I'm like oh, okay yeah go ahead and roll to hit he rolls to hit he rolls like two crits i think <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a second edition nice wizard, tickets. man. Yeah, it's a second edition wizard. He's dead. He kills he the damn four wizard. Hit points. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, shit. This was going to be like the main villain. So what I basically had to do was re- make the same guy again, just change his name. <laughs> Yeah, and Kurt was there for that one, so... Uh, that old chestnut. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I can't really think of anything. I'm sure I probably somewhere in my playing time probably killed some characters that that I might have you, had. You wouldn't know this, Kurt, but or, like uh, this, your question segues really perfectly with Beth's last question yeah. because her question was, why don't more characters die in 5e? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kurt, uh, have you ever had a pl- uh, player character that you really enjoyed and had them die and it was like, 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 like a good death? Like you, you, you liked how they died like with honor or something like that? Anything like that? I've had, well, okay. So, um, I'm old. <laughs> Mike knows that. I've been playing for a long time. Kurt and I've known if each you, other since it, the seventh grade. So, yeah, we played a lot of yeah, games together. But if you've, um, if you've played all the versions of, of different role playing games that I have, uh, character getting wiped out is not uncommon. <laughs> I mean, it can happen quite a bit, but there was a time where we, I, I built a character and it was going to be the main focus of, of a campaign that Mike was going to run. Um, unfortunately, we started running the campaign, the very first adventure and the very first encounter, he got wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah. But you know, I could actually, rever- yeah. I could reverse this question on, on Kurt because we once decided we were going to play Twilight 2000 and we spent, and that game was complicated. We spent, I swore to God, we spent an hour making characters Not more than that probably more than that we're kurt sets up the scenario we're we're, we're basically we're in a five-ton truck right i'm driving we're driving down the road and we take an rpg round to the cab of the truck kills every, every character in player, the truck yeah. which oh, would no. happen that's realistic yep that was 20 minutes into the game <laughs> four hours main characters for five minutes yeah uh, or 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 if you played um well uh, Mike knows but Traveler Traveler is uh, easy to die yeah. I mean you can you can die just rolling your character up on some of the tables <laughs> wow so, well, well shit I think I, I killed new I think I killed Grell from uh, the Champions of Saloon several times but you guys that was after mm-hmm. you guys got to high enough level that uh, uh, Doug's character could actually <laughs> resurrect you but I think yeah, I think yeah. Grell died all the time for some reason and then oh shit I didn't think about this Kurt well, remember when you rolled three characters three sessions in a row because oh. every session yeah. you had a character I, I did and it was nothing I did a character yep it was nothing mm-hmm. Kurt did he wasn't playing dumb he wasn't it was it was just friggin dice rolls the, the dice taketh away Circum- it, it was just the crit hits at the wrong times yeah. Shit. C- circumstances but but I rolled up the first time I decided I wanted to play a dwarf yeah. and <laughs> we fought we fought sea wolves and I got bit mm, classic so, sea wolves yeah yeah you got you know, fucking sea wolves he got bit he, he contracted Contracted like Comcat, like anthropy. And Wait, uh-huh. what tra- shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I, lycanthropy. I, I did the honorable thing, yeah. which is what this character would do. And I was like, just leave me on the island. Yeah, he, I'm he, okay. He chose to beach himself on island so that he wouldn't attack any of the characters. I, I, if you'll, yeah. I, I know you're not the type to take compliments, Kurt, but if I can throw one your way, if there is any player in our in our vast group of friends that play who can handle a player death better, I don't know who it is. It's Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. Yeah. I don't seem to have the bad luck at rolling dice that Cody has. <laughs> it just, it just, it just happens. It, it, it is a gift because it's hilarious at times. But you know, I, I mean, I enjoy a little chaos. That's perfectly fine. A little, a little, just weird chaos every once in a while. And if a character, you know, doesn't doesn't survive, it doesn't survive. I, I will say. I mean, I. Obviously, I haven't heard best points, but uh, yeah, five e is a little difficult to kill somebody. Else, yeah, that in was, my opinion, that, yeah, that was that was her second question for us. Uh, so, which is good. And so, so speaking yeah. of second questions, what what else you got for us, bud? So, second questions. So, this is going to date me, um, but you know, <laughs> I figure I figure uh, a couple of you might catch this, but um, I want to know what your all time favorite module is. Oh shit. Mm. Me and John's is gonna be very similar. Uh, like module is in like so, adventure. So a module or? would be an adventure nowadays. So so this actually applies to everybody. So they just called them modules back in yeah. the day. So Ebron, all of them. Exactly. Every time they did Ebron. 
All of Eberron. Every, like fourth edition, I loved Eberron. Fifth edition, I loved Eberron. I don't know if they did it in three and three point five. Did they didn't sure play they, those? I'm sure they did. But they, they did because so when Kurt and Charlie and a couple of us started playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons online, the DDO we talk about, uh, that's mm-hmm. that's set in Eberron. Yeah. Yeah. So and, that, and, that, and they were basing it on the three point five system at the Please time. Please give me more Magic Punk world. It's just so good. Yeah, I love that stuff too, man. I love that. I love it. What about Cody? You got a favorite Pathfinder? Favorite D and D or? I think it'd be Rise of the Rune Lords. Oh. Which is their, I think it was their first full length adventure path when Paizo became a thing. And I've only read through the first book, but, or it's like six books. And then I have the one where it's like all six books put into one book. Yeah. So I've only read like the first couple of chapters of it, but it's really cool. I like it a lot. Like you start out fighting goblins. There's like a little goblin chant song that they sing and <laughs> the whole town's on fire. And, uh, hey, there's let's like, not spoil it now. <laughs> we should be, you should run it and play it. It sounds like fun. I would love to run that game. It gets huge. It, like it takes your characters from level one to like level 18. Wow. Wow. Holy crap. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's quite the campaign. Yeah. You travel across the, the entire continent. Yeah. Wow. That's neat. That's neat. What about, what, yeah. what about you, Keenan? Um, mine is second edition. It's the Dark Domains, the original version of it, because you had. So, like I said, mine's gonna be very similar to his, because I'm I'm pretty sure I know what his is. It has to be the one, right? <laughs> you know, we yeah. know what we already. I'll know let him say like, his you, answer. Guys, you don't know me. No, I say we say it in unison. <laughs> We'll test that in a second, but we gotta we gotta uh, see it in Arkansas. The the, uh, the dark domains are really cool because it was a cool time period for the history of D anD D where they started to make like multiple facets of things instead of like cut things. So right. like the dark domains, you had the original one, right, and then they broke that into like you have Aslan, the Lich's realm, and mm. then you had like another vampire and another yeah. like shadow entity and all these things. And you could play through all of them in a sequence. You could play them that they're all interconnecting. There's a war between like the four powers there. Yeah. I think that that was a cool way to like drop characters into an ever-changing world and provide a lot of data on characters and, and realms um, that are self-contained to to mix and match to whatever you want. I think that was really innovative for them. Um, they did it again with the new version of this, the Dark Domains. They've that book is amazing. Reading through that, um, I, I love. I love that book. Yeah, it's like it, they're giving everything that that meant to be back in like the late '80s that yeah, it came you, out of. They did it again now, and it's amazing. Yeah, so, Von Richten's guide uh, to Ravenloft is is was is probably one of the best written books. I think as far it's the best as, book as, they produced for as, sure. As far as putting out content that DMs can really adapt. Yeah, and 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 run either. I mean, even they, they have the 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 the, um, the realms, the dark mm-hmm. domains that are very well well thought out, and then they just give you some very kind of just brief ideas uh, like the slasher one like, yeah the oh, slasher one that, that's, that's brief as heck that's i mean the one i took with uh pietro von reese mm-hmm. it was brief it was a couple paragraphs but, the, but there was enough so in stimulating there. yeah you go oh i know what to do yeah right so i think that that was that's my favorite module that's really been presented yeah and then probably the new version of it those two combined yeah i like that okay, okay so in unison what's my favorite one one two, two three, three ravenloft <laughs> I was going to say Stroud. I was well, going to say the Teletubbies like, fun time adventure. I was my, say, favorite, my favorite thing is Stroud. My, Stroud. my little Curse pony friendship Stroud. is magic. It's Ravenloft actually, it's yeah, actually yeah. Blight of the Bullywugs, oh, which you can find on uh, mm, mm. Uh Yeah, it's Curse of Stroud, man, because it's cool, and there's a vampire, and there's a love story, and there's um there's like a, a stuff in there that's scary. <laughs> is it a love story? Kind of. Yeah. It was, I mean, a, it was a love perspective. Yeah. It was a love, a love story, story. between uh, uh, Irina and Chauvin. It's true. It was. It was a, it was yeah. a true romance. Uh, I will say that uh, it, it's not only fun because of how much I love the lore, but it was actually one of my favorite because of you guys and how you played through it. And then later, my second group that played through it online, even though they TPK'd, um, I got to enjoy it from a different perspective with those guys. Um, but uh, just a great sandbox to play in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I'm going to say there's an old school one. Uh, pre second edition, I think it was. I think it was advanced, and it's called the Lost City, and it oh. it is. So it was just so well written, and it's all basically in in this very Egyptian kind of culture kind of thing, and it's just basically it's this lost tomb and city that's buried underneath the sand, which you go to explore. And that was when they were very dungeon crawly, but this one was less dungeon crawly. There was definitely that aspect to it, but they just they they just really brought the world to life, this whole adventure to life about this whole kind of Egyptian esque realm. And that was so much fun. And then I think, honestly, my favorite of all time, I mean, Mike, favorite of all time. I mean, I think it's the best campaign adventure setting ever made was the quest for boost. I agree. <laughs> I mean, if we're going, if we're going home brand. Yeah. 100%. The quest for oh, boost yeah. world lore. 
I mean, we cry well, multiple it, times. It, yeah. it, but if I want to get started in the quest for booze, where could I find such things? You know, you could find the adventure that, that started that entire three-year campaign on Strange New Worlds Productions' website. Wow. Yeah. I think it's I'm free. going there as soon as this podcast is no, over. No, no, that's that's not free. It's like four ninety nine. Oh, that's a good price, though. That's a great that's price. A great that's, price. A, that's a bargain. The, the hooks you get, the leads you get. And but, you get some some maps in there, too. Maps as well? Yeah. I know. Handmade mats, maps. But Kurt, Kurt uh, also the other one that I would say that I really loved, and I'm going old school, and I'll tell you why I'm going old school. The other one I really loved was Expedition to Barrier Peaks, because it, yep. it, it, it crossed the sci-fi into the fantasy, because you're basically going to where this crashed spaceship is. Oh, yeah, I've read about and that. And they one. had a really cool way for you to try to figure out the technology. They had a really cool mm-hmm. kind of system to roll, so if you could figure out, because yeah, you're smart, but you've never seen this thing before. But they didn't just say, okay, instead of just, you know, playing above table, they baked it into the game. There was a way for characters to try to, try to figure out, to roll, to find out if they could actually figure out how to work the technology. And they didn't make it impossible. So you could incorporate some of that stuff. And then, of course, one of the things I think, if I remember right, there was a little caveat. is like, do you really want to bring this into your campaign? Think about do it before you do this. For sure. Because it'll change everything. Yeah, you can't bring in, I would assume, a ray gun into yeah. a regular campaign no, without it, thinking about that. And then for years, and then for years, I, I've told you a million times, I'm, I've always been more homebrew <laughs> than anything else. Like, I've always just enjoyed making my own mm-hmm. stories and campaigns up. So until we played The Curse of Strahd, and I think a lot of that had to do with John and the way he beefed that entire setting up. Oh, absolutely. I Thank think you. that you took what was a, a relatively well-written module for someone who didn't yep. understand Strahd, but you made every single piece of that so more elaborate than the words. of Reading it after playing it with you, I'm like, oh, what did John put in here? Isn't actually, <laughs> it's not even in here. Like yeah. he, he made every facet of a character matter. The world was so much bigger than it was written to be. Fantastic yeah. job elaborating Thanks, on guys. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I did not realize that, you know, I guess this is our last episode of this season and it's kind of becoming a love fest with us right now. Oh, I feel the love. Uh, and it really is. Kurt, what did you start, man? Look what you did, man. Look what you did, Kurt. <laughs> all right, Kurt. Hey, we're going to let you go because we, we do have one more caller tonight. So, and uh, this episode is definitely going to run longer than normal, but that's okay. It's our last one. And uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Those are both great questions, by the way. And uh, we'll see man, you too. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow for uh, the one shot to vary thing. So, Ooh, looking forward to it. I got, I got more. We'll maybe we'll have to sit down some other time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, we might do this again, man. Absolutely. We might have to actually, you know, maybe, maybe one of these times when we do have a missing player, we can just have one of our guys come in and just sit down with us. Have fun. Yeah. So, all right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, gents. We'll see you soon. All right, bye bye. All right, so that was good to talk to Kurt. So we are going to now. We now we just talked to kind of to some a couple older players that I played with for a really long time, right? And so we're going to bring in Nate now. Was, was El Minster in y'all's high school? We know we're back. In yeah, he was. Okay. <laughs> What John's trying to say is they've been around the block. Been around the block. So Elminster was in our high school, <laughs> but I actually kind of fell in with the bad boys with Mordekainen. So, oh, you were yeah. one of the Mordekainen uh, boys. Yeah. Oh, we were under okay. the bleachers with Morty. Oh, That's what boy. we called it was Morty. Yeah. Morty. Yeah, under the bleachers, we're smoking, dude, dude, we're smoking dude, doobies. Some of the astral yeah. doobies. <laughs> yeah, that ethereal astral <laughs> doobies. <laughs> the ethereal herb, if you would call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the wizard's I leaf. call this one the dread the not Mike. You're going to love this. The wizard's leaf is now what I will exclusively call that. <laughs> so we're gonna bring in uh we're gonna bring nate and nate is uh actually i think the same way that you had met matt yeah you met nate the same exact way uh, i got to same meet day? I, I, yeah same exact so i went to a local game shop for uh, a public D night and got to sit at the table with both uh nate and matt and uh like a you know perfectly normal human being invited them to my home immediately <laughs> yeah. um, and they both showed up uh brave enough to you know risk that i was gonna murder them and uh, uh, we started playing and then we've uh, now played uh, a couple campaigns together yep. and uh, you know very knowledgeable uh, guy who can do a shit ton of damage with his character because he's always got that on lockdown. Yeah, so. and I'm not sure if we talked I'm not sure if we talked about this so yeah when Matt and Nate first came over uh, the rest of us were ra- waiting in our robes and we had the candles going yeah, and the, yeah. pentagram, the initiation the pentagram ceremony, laid out yeah. on the table One yeah. of us One of us I still have my scar when you guys made me cut my hand of it. Yeah. <laughs> Your blood was rich and delicious <laughs> ginger blood so nate hey nate welcome to legend lore buddy i'm glad to have you on oh yeah totally um uh I, you have a few episodes of your podcast up and i was you know it's been a while <laughs> just a few it, just a few it, well, you better, day, you know, we got this is 25 nate you need to get you need to get busy buddy <laughs> Down yeah. all, man. it's like pokemon <laughs> <laughs> So hey Nate, so uh, what's uh, what's your first question today? Uh, well, I guess my first question is like 
how do you do references for things like putting into your game that you think will be cool? So when's the right time to do that? What are you doing? Or do you kind of like try to tailor it to the group? Are, like are, are pop you, culture? Are you talking? Are you talking more about uh, references as far as like uh, like pop culture, literary res- references? Or are you talking more, more about either? Okay, okay. E- either either history or pop right. culture or just something you think is cool that you just want to put into the game. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's, That's a great, great question. question. That's a great question. So I would say for me, it just depends. Uh, so when we uh, first started playing, all of us started playing together, and, and we got our, our listeners are probably tired of hearing about Quest for Boost, but we, damn, we love it so much. <laughs> but when we first all started playing together, um, I started off pretty. E- you know, it was pretty easy. It was you know we talked about it, it was a joke campaign, kind of you know us testing five E, and it just grew into something else. So then I I thought, well, how can I expand this out? And I came up with a, the, the the quest itself. And one of the first things I wanted to do was bring us to a world we were all familiar with since I hadn't quite built out Tavaria very far at that point. So that's why I brought you to Faerun. So that was all story related. And then I kind of just let everything kind of build up from there. And for me, I'm usually waiting to see, there's two ways. It's either, there's got to be story related or it will be in response to things you guys have done. Now I've talked about this before on the podcast. I'm a big Michael Moorcock fan. I was I was going to bring in a lot of his concepts, but I didn't just shove them at you like all up front. I peppered them in through the different ventures while keeping while kind of responding to what you guys were doing mm-hmm. you guys led that campaign in a lot of ways as far as where you were going as far as which path you were taking i had ideas for everything you know you i would go i would lay awake at night going okay they might go this way they might go that way they might do this they might choose to do this so i had a lot of ideas but i didn't cement anything out and i want and i dropped things in just over time so for me that's kind of how i do it i, I let the players kind of decide a little bit unless it's very important for the plot yeah i i think that for me it's all contextual right so like in curse of Strahd, you might not have gotten that many cultural references and things because that setting is so dark and yeah. you know all that isolated stuff. isolated but i do know when we played our first realms of the dragon game like when y'all went to saloon's castle and you had to have the dance off uh of the oh, multiverse yeah. uh you had to dance <laughs> off against the backstreet boys and um, was and, and so the reason i put that in there was literally just for fun and laughing really? um, and it was and, like hidden like who would not know that freaking song oh yeah and yeah. so we played we played some backstreet uh boys and uh, you guys uh, danced off against them and uh, won the day and it was pretty fucking hilarious in my opinion Um, but I think that it's all contextual for me and um, I also think of when you asked that question I kind of misunderstood what you were asking at first Nate because I was thinking um, how do you like bring references from earlier in the campaign back in later in the campaign that's kind of what I thought you were asking but um, I I think that as a DM you should try to be as intentional as you can be at all times while allowing for the random and crazy Um, and I think that's an art that you develop as you you DM right Um, because you start out with it like mike said you start out with a plan of like maybe they go left maybe they go right i don't know you know but i think that you have to have some solid ideas in your head of like okay if i'm going to introduce something that's really pop culture it really references something everybody's going to jump onto uh that should just be an intentional decision and and i think that that's i don't know that's what i do uh Keenan. to go to, to elaborate on what you guys are saying for me like the most bullshit but realistic truthful answer i can give you is like when it's practical right it's like no, that's not bullshit as a that's, modern yeah. artist most of what i do is an homage so like every campaign i've ran i'm like oh this is this is this and i'm gonna add my own twist on it but it's been done before so like right. if i'm writing something i'm like oh this is just this is literally just alien like <laughs> <laughs> which we did yeah i'll just put, i'll just put <laughs> in there that, like i'll just those references i'll just start putting in there and baking it in so like it's clear that i'm not like this is an original idea but i'm making it like there's there's my part to it there's what's already been done to it yeah. um and just you know elaborating on what they've done or what i think it meant to me or what the theme were so like well in particular you know that when you when you're talking about this and as soon as actually nate asked that question uh one of the things i thought about was mangetsu mm-hmm. because mangetsu does have a lot of references they're cultural references yes. and you did a very good job of of not absolutely like uh, not making them com- not making the ice and complete nazis yeah but we certainly got the point the, yeah the vibe was yeah. it, they were supposed to be that like that's oh, yeah. the theme and the reference yeah. but like they're their own thing also they're also, this yeah. plus right so it's like a, what uh, it's like a comedy routine it's a yes and yes, you and, just keep yeah. doing it right yeah. you just right. keep going you never say no so that's what it is like when i'm writing
writing something. I like it to be funny at some points. Like you got to break up the drama. It's all drama. It's yeah. annoying. So well, it's like, just us anyways because we're all smart asses. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's this and they're in space. Right. Like, yes, yeah, they're this, it. but they do this. I think it's Mike and this was advice you gave me about writing, but I think it applies to what, what we're talking about. Like, you're not gonna, you got to take that pressure of being completely original off mm. of your shoulders you because just to Keenan's point, everything's been done. Mm-hmm. So everything you do is going to be a little derivative here yeah. and there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you really look in, in pop culture, if you look right now at movies and books and even music at this point, there's always references to other things. And in there, and in some, and it's not ripping anything off. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a homage, right? Yeah. It's a hidden language. It's, it's a hidden language. It's a communicating with your audience or in this case, communicating with your players that, Hey, we have these things in common. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the way I look at it. I, and John was right. That's one of the first things I told him as a writer is like, look, don't kill yourself trying to think, oh, am I being original enough? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. If you look at half of what Stephen King has written in the years, he's taking on very familiar subjects. Mm-hmm. Vampires, werewolves, this, you know, ghosts, whatever. Uh, he's taking on very familiar subjects. He's just, get, but he's adding his own twist to it. And that's all you literally, and all you literally have to do. do. That's all you can do because it's all been done at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just the way you approach it and having, and it kind of frees you to kind of, to, to, to just have fun with stuff. And that's the most important thing, especially when we're playing D&D, right? Or any tabletop role-playing yeah. game. Most important thing is that we're all having fun around the table. Yeah. And don't be afraid to make fun of yourself. Like if you're like, yeah. I like when we make references to call our own shit out where oh, it's yeah. like, we're like, John's got the classic we use in this podcast, plot DVCM. It's yeah. like, why can't we just blow this up? Like it's made out of pure plot DVCM. Like <laughs> yourself, like, it's just part of the story. That's why you can't do so, it. Like you're self making fun of. Like, so, so as part of the uh, new sci-fi game, when I was kind of looking at like the science behind things, why does things work? Yeah. Why do things work? And I was thinking, how do we beat faster than light travel? Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's called phase shift uh-huh. and it's used basically creating a pocket dimension around your ship. Mm-hmm. And then you have a device on the ship that propels that pocket dimension okay, yeah, to yeah. move you forward. But you have to have a very, very rare and uh, processed uh, element called unobtainium. <laughs> That's just like Avatar. <laughs> Which has also been a science joke since Forever. like... like- 1945 they yeah. literally were calling things unobtainium as a joke of like yeah. if we had this we could make it work yeah we can make that shit work uh do you guys got anything or? i mean i i mean i i ran a campaign that was 100 percent original uh you know i didn't <laughs> i didn't pull anything from anything it's called star wars it's i don't know universe. Yeah. it's, it's well, a complete it's a war amongst the stars you, you never reference ever anything you never reference from another any, thing from never that. ever no. i mean i would say the thing is i got like from pop culture i would pull stuff from the old movies and the old you know shows and stuff and i'd put them in but it was a challenge for me to be like i didn't want to just be like okay you guys walk in like your first session you walk in you see lando he's right there i wanted to make sure it fits into the narrative so you guys like go along go along and then eventually you run into lando eventually you meet luke skywalker Yeah, we're going on internet or intergalactic gambling trips and then lando's there is the card shark we're like oh shit that makes so much sense but we never knew he like we knew he was in the world but we maybe know of him but we didn't know like oh we're we're best friends with this dude. Like, yeah, Matt did make, you, you did a great job of of peppering in moments that every everybody <laughs> wants in the real life. You really yes. want to meet Luke Skywalker. I, you really want to meet Han. You really want to meet Dengar. You want you did a great job of peppering that stuff in. It never felt forced. It never felt forced. Yeah. It was like it was just at the right time story wise. Or might I yeah. say it felt forced. forced. Jesus. Oh my gosh. Small aside to that too was that when you did interject them, uh those those specific characters, they were who they were. You weren't like, oh, yeah. this is my version of Dengar. Yeah. You're yeah. like, no, no, this was yeah, like you when did you really were talking to him, like this is exactly what this bastard would say to me. Yeah. Like when we were interacting with these characters, I'm like, this is exactly who they are. We're you weren't yeah. you were making them your own because they weren't your characters you were including them in your story yeah and, and I was, that was beautiful and i said yeah you did a fantastic job like when when luke spa- w- was speaking to us i heard his voice even though yeah, it was your too. voice because yeah, it was dude, just mark your syntax acting for us the yeah. way it the way it was i mean mark hamill was in his mansion going i feel i feel like there's a disturbance in my <laughs> but but i will but i will also say of all those characters you did well we all loved your shop characters but of all those characters you did lando you just embodied lando Calrissian. 
And you, and you uh, loved taking all his money at the uh, sabak table there, didn't you? <laughs> oh, you know, I wasn't going to bring that up, but you know, Zane Bader did beat both Lando and Han Solo at that the sabak table. You know, he such is such a good role. He too. is the best yeah. Bader. They call him the Master Bader. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? <laughs> what was great about that is then I and then I was able to have all those credits to update our ship to finally get all those things oh, I wanted. Yeah, that ship so that got so the, upgraded and pimped out. So yeah, at the end, Matt could destroy our ship oh, yeah, without us even on it. That, yeah, yeah, I remember that. What was that? last session yeah. yep oh yeah i wasn't there for yeah. that surprise that oh legit blew our ship up he's the ship. we have no yeah. ship oh, it was crushed by tentacles the thrill hammer blew up and i almost cried hit the mute I... we're gonna fucking fist fight <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you missed it it was the thrill hammer's gone the the mall is gone yep um, yeah, my pirate. Are you, my pirate are you messing with me? Nope. No, no. Luke is dead. Remember how I wanted to build that pirate fleet? What about Juju? Did you save Juju? No, Juju is alive. We saved Dude, him. we saved. We were like, oh, I was. I know. So, be, be, so once the <laughs> Keenan, when the shock <laughs> of the Juju? when the shock of the destruction of our of the thrill hammer, and all of a sudden I went, oh my god, the droids! Oh my god, Juju's on that ship! Just so our listeners <laughs> know, uh, Juju Juju is our spice addicted Gungan NBC. that we rescued from like session <laughs> we one. Rehabilitated hated him yeah and now he just eats fruit and he's not addicted to spice dude anymore. the amount of times we had him roll as an engineer and he like roll a 20 he's like oh i know exactly the problem was is ridiculous for an npc <laughs> I, I used to be an engineer before the spice yeah <laughs> you, you, I, i'm gonna start dropping every every other words gonna be an f-bomb you seriously blew up our ship <laughs> i yes. didn't do anything it yeah. was all oh, it was all abeloth yeah. man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. abeloth ship <laughs> i knew you were coming to that point i knew when you brought in the three that abeloth the best part, the best part about it, it was Keenan is that I did all that stuff right before they had to fight Vitiate still. So you guys yeah. had to fight Vitiate after we're heartbroken with all the heartbreak. That's a true yeah, Star Wars was, moment. We've been defeated and we have to go fight something else. It God was, damn it. Dude, as much as I, I hated Matt at that moment, I also loved him so much as a storyteller. As a storyteller, I loved you at that moment so much, Matt. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Nate, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, fire off your next question, bud. Okay. So this kind of ties into the last question. And then I, I hope to ramped up a little bit. But how do you manage story arcs in a medium essentially that is ungovernable or tries as hard as to be ungovernable as possible? Real quickly, you gotta remember as the DM, you were God, so it's always governable. Oh my god, I would have a totally opposite opinion than that. <laughs> wow. So yeah, Nate, by the way, that is a powerhouse question right now. That is a powerhouse question. Uh for me, because I've been doing it a long time, I've definitely had my moments where I think I failed that and my moments where I think I've really shined brightly. You can make your plot. And what I what I tend to do is I approach it exactly like I write a novel. I have my beginning point. I know there's a middle point in there and I kind of know what that is and I know there is an end point and then I get the fuck out of the way of the collective story and I get the fuck out of my own way and I kind of respond to what you guys are doing. Yes. And it's the only true way to kind of do it, to kind of manage that is you have to realize it is collective storytelling. Everybody has their moments. You don't want to railroad too hard. Sometimes you have to. We've talked about this. Like as you guys got to the last of the Dark Kingdom, I thought like I was railroading you, but you were, no, you were focused. You guys were just focused. Yeah. You were more focused than you'd been in the entire yeah, campaign. You had a mission to complete. You had a mission to complete. And once I realized that, then I was able to kind of get the fuck out of the way and just let that happen. Like going, okay, they're going after him here. This is, here's, here's the steps to doing that. Uh, that it's, it's, it's such a hard question. It's, it's, it's a great question. It's a really good question, but it's, a, it's a difficult one to truly answer. It's something that you kind of learn to master a little bit with some experience DMing, or if you're just naturally good at it. Like I, I, I started off very naturally good at just kind of rolling with shit. Like I, like I'm Keenan and I have a lot of similar DMing stuff. Yeah, I would I've changed that. a little bit over the years where I have become a little more story focused as 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 a little less sandboxy mm -hmm. but i even started to try to dial in the sandbox aspects to there's, the story with you there's always options yeah. um i was gonna say the my key piece to answer your question specifically would be like after action reports so at the end of each session think about what happened as the dm and then think about what consequences and what mm. resolutions have happened yeah because right. like if, if something went way like your your uh, your DM in the session right and something happens that you're not expecting well you have a week typically between sessions or even more a lot of the time to think about what what does that change okay well I didn't expect it to go this way but what would my big bad do what would his lieutenants do 
what did they inflict upon the surrounding villages or, or people around them? What does that mean for them? So I think you can, you don't have to come up, don't come up with the whole story all at once. It's never going to go that way. We've talked yeah. about it many times. So like, think about it as a per, yeah, beginning end, maybe a middle, maybe middle. And then everything that happens, just think between sessions, like yeah. what is this going to lead to, to get to my end? And I think that's very, very solid advice, Keenan. Uh, that's one of the things that I usually do when things, especially when you guys surprise me, which I love when you guys surprise me, right? When I get done, I will you literally as you guys will walk out the door i might take a couple of notes mm-hmm. yeah and write them down so i don't forget something uh but i usually spend like two or three days after that thinking oh, yeah. about what happened thinking about okay how does that affect the world how does it affect the overall story what new elements do i now need to think of i think that's one of the burdens of responsibility of being a dm right mm-hmm. it's like you know as a player you might walk away after and go that was a cool session and then you go on with your life and you're coming back in a, in a couple weeks seeing what happens next but as a dm it kind of sticks with you right and mm-hmm. uh you know to answer your question Nate, i think of this saying that the marines have about their their training and their job right which is embrace the suck right they say embrace that which is sucky because that's going to make you better at what you do Mm -hmm. i think the saying that you should have as a dm is embrace the random Mm -hmm. embrace the parts of the session or the campaign that you didn't plan on and let go of that sense of i've got to keep it under control yes because when you do embrace the random whether it be from what your players do or from what the dice roll which is out of everyone's control that's where these really crazy cool moments can emerge that Mm -hmm. no one planned on and i think of like some of my best moments i've had as a dm we're like oh my god i didn't know you guys were going to do that you know and yeah. and that comes from embracing that loss of control that you can actually have as a dm i, I, I gleaned a little piece of information from that that i hadn't thought about before is like have a have a loose grip on the story not a firm mm. grasp yeah. right you yeah. want to have your hand half open about what's happening not it has to be this way and i'm going to force it to be yeah no you, that that's where you get to the railroading and you don't want to do that no so it's, never, it's not fun worst thing you do for your players i mean yeah i would i would agree with that i would with the star wars campaign which we're not finished yet you guys were always going to get to abeloth i didn't know how you were going to get there i didn't know when you were going to get there but you were always going to get to abeloth in the end because well number one i've always wanted to i want to i want to finish because i've I always know, wanted I, to I love, kill a party with abeloth before yes, a ten, <laughs> shadowy tendrils see you next week guys you're a sadist yes no but like i always with that campaign and with the ebron well the ebron's going to be different but i'm always going to think of like this is the end goal this is where you need to get to and what i do is when you guys do the campaign you do you make a whole bunch of random choices i'm never going to expect you can never expect what's going to happen right so i always type those out a little bit write them out and then when i'm planning the next session i've that like okay now you guys are going to uh you know hoth you're going to go meet um channel and murdoch's mom how are the like the choices you've made how is that going to affect you getting there and you getting on the planet and then going to the next step of your mission like what's that going to affect and that there's anything in there that maybe like a big bad's going to show up or a bounty hunter is going to show up then i'll put that into the you know that session um so that and those notes that i have and i just keep like i have it from the beginning since you guys started to the end and i'll basically cross them out as i use them um i just always look over those notes before i complete like plot before. points you yeah call, you're like okay we've done that part yep. this yeah. is we even had this encounter they did this you know you guys did this which led to this okay and then i'll cross out the first part of that and then keep going until so it's like almost it's a, non, it's a non-linear checklist then yeah yeah, I, I've never yeah. even thought about that. That's, that's yeah. genius. I actually do the same exact thing. That makes so much yeah. sense. I've never even considered that. Like, it can be in any order, yep. but I want these things to hit. I never even thought yeah. about that. Yeah. So mine's much. Mine's and, a little more linear. Like, I'd like them to inter- interact yeah. this way. And, and sometimes, it, and sometimes it hits, and sometimes it doesn't hit. For sure, and it's fine. And if it doesn't hit, there's no big deal. It's it's just part of how that collective storytelling goes. Uh, but anyways, Nate, thank you, man. Uh, that, those awesome are fantastic questions, questions buddy. Uh, we're looking forward to... Oh, get, yeah, no problem. Looking forward to getting together with you again in game. It's been too long, so... Yeah, same. It's, uh, it, it's been a while. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thanks again, man. We'll, we'll get back in touch with you real soon, okay? All right. All right, yeah. brother. Good hearing All your right, voice. Thanks, Nate. Ah. Thanks, Nate. Take yep. care, brother. Man, such good questions tonight. Oh, man, that was awesome. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, didn't know how that was going to go. That was great. Yeah, I think next season we'll be bringing some more people in for yeah, guests. And I think we've got some really amazing ideas for next season. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So, hey, uh, I definitely think we need to give a shout out. 25 episodes. First, first of all, give a shout out to all of us. Yes. This has been a ton of fun. And yeah. you know, we're, and, and we're going to have the in-between where we're going to, between seasons, we're going to do the one we're, shot. We're going to record an adventure into Varia where you guys are going to get to hear us as players and me as DM, which thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to do that. And uh, I think it's going to be really
really freaking funny and it's going to be a lot of fun and i think our listeners are going to enjoy it yeah so we'll release that over probably depends we're probably going to be like a three-hour one chat probably uh, so. three, yeah i think three to four so, and so we'll replete yeah. re-episode yeah we'll, yeah, we'll probably do that so. in like 30 minute episodes or something yeah. something, so, something close to that i'm so, gonna give you a tagline here it's s and wp brings back the radio drama <laughs> <laughs> i like that dude uh so yeah so again thank you to all you guys oh yeah this has been a ton of fun like i did not realize just how much fun we were gonna have doing this yeah oh thank you for being a great dm and to people we've had on and those that couldn't join us today thank yes. you for allowing us to be able to speak on this because yes. if we didn't play with you as both dms and players we wouldn't yeah. have the stories yeah. and the knowledge to be able to share I agreed we talk we talk about a lot of our players and definitely it, it's we can't do it i mean we can't do it without each other right oh, i mean it is as we said all the time it's collective storytelling and we need each other to do it and and, and we've got we're lucky to have some really fantastic people to play with and the other things we should definitely shout out is thank you to all our patrons on patreon yes uh we appreciate your support at the company in many ways and it helps us to continue doing what we'd love to do uh, and we will continue to do that and keep keep bringing you good stuff throughout this next year we've got uh we got a we got a big year ahead of us we have a great year ahead yeah. of us mike and I, and i think that you know i'm sitting here looking at this top quality studio equipment we're recording on i, I look at all the different modules we've created class supplements we've created i mean the shops with, with the yeah. shops oh my gosh i mean if you guys have dug through our, our library of things we've created this year it's amazing and then i think about the projects ahead of us um i am so proud of everyone at this table and i'm so grateful to our friends and our patrons uh who've made it possible um it's really like a dream come true to be a part of this absolutely absolutely anybody got any closing thoughts communication <laughs> <laughs> Cody, I have a closing thought for you. When we come back in season two, you are going to be Dungeon Master Cody. Oh, sorry. Game Master. Game Master. Because it's Pathfinder. So you're going to be Game Master Master Cody. Cody. Game Master. And Death and Pathfinder is not very forgiving. Are you? I I, I have a serious question for you, though. Are you? How are you feeling about being the Game Master of a Pathfinder campaign for us finally? Nervous as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. Dude, you have nothing. Now I'm thinking about Rise of the Rune Lords, though. So I'm like, should I I just run that one instead? Fuck no. We want to play Pathfinder. (laughs) No, Rise of the Rune Lords is is Pathfinder. Oh, is is it in second, though? Uh, No. You're taking us through a a homebrew, right? That you're doing? Okay. I like the idea of that. Oh, you're doing a homebrew for yeah. us? Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 I did the homebrew idea because I don't want to make an entire world or have to like learn about an entire world. This way I can just do it like one town at a time. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great I idea. It's great idea. I think it's a great way to tackle that. Don't, oh, don't do what I did with Ebron because, you know, you got a lot much. of work to there's, add, a lot, there's a lot. I mean, I'm not yeah. even done yet. I'm still going. <laughs> you still, you still going. That's on uh, the horizon. Well, te- technically, so far, it's just four. So, I mean, last yeah. year, you're not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, if it's just the four of us, I will play. Well, I have a I character. Might, I might have Charlie or Beth join. Okay. Yeah. So, it'll be five. I thought it was going to be, I thought you were opening it up to like an eight man group. No, 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 no. Not eight. I think, okay. I think a learn for us. And we have, God, we're so blessed to have all these amazing players in our in our group. But our challenge that we're, we still haven't figured it out, but we're working on it is how do you run these campaigns? get all the friends at the table but not have eight people at every you know campaign I, I, I know how to do it okay. everyone who's listening to this yeah. become a patron today oh yeah and then we, we can all quit our jobs <laughs> and we can full time make so, all the modules so you have that is literally a genius recommendation because that is 100% what we would do so <laughs> we can record every single one of our sessions pretty much yes <laughs> if you're if you're a big enough patron you can just play we'll just find a spot for there you there you go I'm yeah. gonna cry with the idea that we could just DM D full time. Yeah. <laughs> With so a little Pathfinder. Why not? Well, magic. Role play. Yeah, yeah, role play. Tabletop role play. John's in the yeah. middle of making. Look, look you, you're tackling Eberron. I'm in the middle of making an entire new game. Yeah. <laughs> entirely new it's homebrew and oh, it's yeah. not going to be i'm like i'm not trying to make this perfect in any way, way but i am bringing in 30 years of different ideas and throwing them all into one thing yeah and i got like 40 no 53 pages of those talents already <laughs> and the talents are what gonna is gonna drive and create your character so and john's kind of doing the same i'm thing. working on a game called yeah. apocalarium yeah. which is going to be um if Eberron's setting like was fell, f- became merged with Mad Max. Yeah. No, all right. And like the that. funny thing is, as always, because we talked about the talent. And they had demons. And we talked about, <laughs> we talked about the talent tree and Warcraft, John and yeah. I both decided to base our games off the talent tree. Yes. Oh. And we're doing almost the identical things without even talking to each other. Because we always do that, Mike. <laughs> 
<laughs> we always do it's that. just like you guys are you're, you're like twins no we literally have that. had this whole conversation of how we were we we literally are and so, uh, so the nice thing is we've talked about a lot of uh, a lot of things in in these podcasts right. a little past campaigns things like that that we're we've experienced and we'll continue to bring out uh, new ideas we've we've had some really good episodes how to be a better better player was a great one uh, we've had some good guests on uh, talking about star wars 5e was fantastic uh we've you know talking about collective storytelling talking about uh, character death and consequences to your actions and we've had a lot of great topics we'll continue to bring you those next topics or those kind of topics next season uh, but we're going to have some fresh material to talk about because we're going to have pathfinder to talk yeah, about we're, we're going to have five to that talk to about i've got bfg uh which stands for big fucking gun to talk about and, and you're going to have apocalyptic to talk about yeah. so we got some fresh stuff coming up and maybe one day keenan will bring back Singularity. Singularity. I've been thinking it. about it, so I was actually Ooh. I was stuck in traffic in GD Portland the other day, which I'm stuck in more often than I should be nowadays. And I'm, I'm you're moving literally, literally hundred feet in a minute, like yeah. nothing. A lot of time I'm on my, thinking. I'm on my phone, and I'm like, oh, they want me to bring it back. Let me take some notes. I'm writing it, and then I'm like, wait, I can't play sci-fi right now because Mike is doing sci-fi. Nah, no, 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 we can't no, have two no, sci-fi no, games. Yeah, no, you we can't. We've run totally multiple different. fantasy games at the same time. Yeah. It'll be yeah, totally d- fantasy. Dude, it'll be totally different because you have this very cyberpunk uh bio horror feel. Yeah. And mine's gonna be more space opera. Well, oh a little ooh. more space opera, a little more Star Wars. A little yeah, not it, well not quite Star Wars that space, not space like, opera. Like like Star it's Trek not, Wars. It's not quite that Star space opera, but it's 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 gonna be it's gonna know. be a little more of If I know that, Mike, but, it's gonna be more like expanse. Yes. If I know Mike, yeah. it's gonna be more erotica than any of us are gonna be comfortable playing. This is true. I'm the only dude with brothel episodes, so Okay. Well, on that note, again, the, the, the final thanks we really need to give is to you, our listeners. Yes. Uh, we've had a ton of downloads. We have people listening to us on. What did, what did we break? Was uh, we're, uh, uh, we're over 1,300. Yeah, we're over 1,300 now, now. Which is pretty good considering Ooh, we, oh, we're not, yeah. we, don't, we don't advertise this no, podcast. No, we don't put money we're, to we're advertising just, We're just putting it out there. Uh, we got people listening to us on Podbean, people listening to us on Apple Music that I know of. We got people listening to us on, on Amazon, Amazon, which I learned yeah. today, yeah. which I didn't even realize that was happening because Podbean pushes all our stuff out. Well, we've yep. had downloads on yeah. our on our stuff we've produced from uh, Europe. We've had downloads yep. from uh, all over the United States. Oh, yeah. It's 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 insane to think about the 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 way our our, our message has been you know thrown yeah. out there. It's really cool. So the final thing that that I really want to give is to everybody who is listening to this podcast and everybody is a support that has supported. New Worlds Productions. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is why we're doing it. We're not just doing it for us. We can just play D&D and yeah. not do anything else. Mm-hmm. So we love doing this and we thank you for being there. And as always, keep rolling those Nat 20s. Ooh.